Hey guys, welcome back to the Where the Light Is podcast, a podcast where we work to illuminate things in the Word of God. We work to illuminate things in the spirit realm, and we work to strengthen the believer. I am Ruben, I'm your host. I have a powerful word for you guys today. Um, I'm excited, excited to deliver this this life-changing message on the presence of Jesus. Uh, as usual, before we start off, let's go ahead and begin with prayer. Let's jump into this thing. Uh, we don't have time to play. Let's go ahead. Holy Spirit, Father, we come to you today and we thank you for the opportunity to feed on your word. We thank you for the opportunity to learn and to learn of you We thank you, Holy Spirit, for revealing the presence of Jesus in our lives. We thank you for revealing Jesus in our midst. And we thank you that while we are on your behalf, we are in your name gathered, that you are in our midst, Jesus. We thank you and we praise you and we love you. We thank you for bringing fresh clarity and revelation to this topic. And we thank you that not only will we learn something and take a word from this, but it will change our lives and it will transform us into something that looks more like you. In Jesus' name, I thank you. Amen. Amen. Uh, it's I'm excited to be with you guys today. I'm excited. I'm so pumped up because I have a message called The Presence of Jesus. It's called The Presence of Jesus. And this topic, um, normally when you hear the presence of Jesus, you hear someone speak on what's known as the manifest presence of Jesus, which is um, when you go to church and there's a good worship song, a good preaching, and you feel the presence, you feel the sh- you trembling, the Holy Spirit giving you goosebumps, making you buck and shout, whatever it may be. You feel the Holy Spirit in that regard. But today we're not going to go in that vein. This is a different vein. I must speak about um, what it's like biblically. If you look biblically, what it was like to walk with him. Because oftentimes when you look at the life of the disciples and Jesus, you see what it looks like to be a follower of Jesus and what it looks like to be in close proximity to Jesus because I've said before in the past, I have a series called Toxic God. Um, we don't want to make a God, our God, a God of toxicity in the sense of a God that doesn't really exist in the Bible. A God that is man-made and self-created to fit our needs. We want to follow a God that fits the narrative of the Bible because we know that that is his reality. So starting today, let's look, we're going to go and take a small trek around Matthew and look what it was like to be in the presence of Jesus. Okay, so moving to Matthew, um, we see the first encounter with Jesus and his first disciples. This is Matthew 4, verse 19. Or rather, okay, we can go to 18. So it says, they were fishermen. This is speaking of the disciples. Family businesses work, um, family businesses were common. We know this. And around that time, um, a lot of people were operating as these jobs to be able to economically um, 
uh, prosper because we know that a commercial fisherman was better off, most likely in a coastal area, better off economically than a peasant, obviously. So that was their job. That was a job that we see. So in verse 18, we see Jesus. It says, Jesus walking by the Sea of Galilee saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and Andrew his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. Verse 19 says, then he said to them, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. They immediately left their nets and followed him. So what do we see? First, following Jesus, being the presence of Jesus, we see that we find our calling. That Jesus beckons and calls us to him. So we did not get to him by finding him. We got to him by Jesus first finding us and calling us. So Jesus calls and he says, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. So he walks up to to Simon Peter and his brother. And and his, uh, yeah, and he walks up to him and his brother and he says, "Drop everything you have. Drop everything you have and come with me." So what does that mean? Walking in the presence of Jesus was first start off by being called, but being called away makes you leave the life as you knew it. He calls us to leave the life as we know it. And we see this in this section. We see that uh, Peter and his brother are called and he says what? Leave. Leave your nets. Leave your boats. Leave your your um, your things, your belongings, and follow me. Oftentimes, when you become a follower of Jesus, a true disciple, he will call you to leave the thing you know to follow him and make him your all. Because what does it say? It says, um, as we see him being called, this is the living example. This is the living example of Matthew 10, 39, who, which states, whoever finds their life will lose it. And whoever loses their life for my sake will find it. This is exactly what was happening. The disciples let down their life and lost their life to follow Jesus. And what did they find? It finds you find that in this section that he says, if you lay down my your fisherman life, I will make you fishers of men. Meaning you will find a greater calling in me. See, it's uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable. It's not, not normal. And the truth of being a disciple of God is that oftentimes the Lord will call you into discomfort. Let's go ahead and go into that. That's the next point that goes with this. Um, Oftentimes, when you are following the Lord, He will lead you into an uncomfortable place. Um, this is Matthew 10. Or is it Matthew? Uh, I'm sorry, Matthew 8. Matthew 8, verse 18. And when Jesus saw great multitudes about Him, He gave a command to depart to the other side. Then a certain scribe, so we see a scribe coming up. And he says to him, teacher, I will follow you wherever you go. And what was Jesus' reaction? And Jesus said to him, foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Then another of his disciples said to him, Lord, let me go over to bury my father. But Jesus says to him, follow me and let the dead bury the dead. So we see this. We see in this passage, this goes with that first point. And into the second point, it's saying 
Uh, we, we often read this portion that says foxes have holes and, and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. We've heard this and people use this and twist this to say Jesus was a poor man. But no, Jesus was a evangelist in a sense. He was a, a traveling prophet. He was a teacher. He, he moved. He, he didn't stay in one place. His ministry was meant to be a moving ministry. And we see that this proves my point in that regard. When you follow Jesus, what this scripture means is that you will be discomfort. You will be in discomfort. You will be in uh, a place of discomfort. You will have to leave your comfort zone. That even though, look at it, foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests. They have a place to come back to for comfort. But the Lord is saying, if you are to be my disciple, you will be placed in a place of discomfort and everything you know, you may have to leave to give it up to me to follow me. We see this in Abraham. Abraham was called by the Lord and Abraham, as he was called by the Lord, what did the Lord tell him to do? Leave his mother and father, leave his father's place and to go into a land, to go into the wilderness and start something of his own. Faith pulls you when you trust the Lord. And when you uh, you follow his leading, faith will pull you into the unknown. And that unknown is where miracles lie. And yet, it is the place of discomfort. That's powerful. I don't know about you, but that's powerful. Isn't that powerful? Um, yeah, so we will live in a place of discomfort. The presence of Jesus oftentimes lays in a place of discomfort because instead of earthly discomfort in some regard earthly comfort in some regards the lord becomes your comfort what does it say in psalms 23 he lays me in beside still waters and he puts me in green pastures he is the green pastures and his green pastures and his still waters do not they don't they don't resemble the things that we view as worldly comforts, but they are things that are comfortable in him. Okay, so moving, going back, back to where we were with uh, Peter and, and, and his brother. Okay, so next, what do we see? So in them taking the call of the Lord, what did this is say that they become? They become fishers of men. So being in the presence of God, presence of Jesus, will make you a fisher of men. What does that mean? As a fisher of men, as a uh, a man of God, as a follower of Jesus, because now in the New Testament believer accepting the call of Jesus, accepting him, he now lives in us. And so that light in us has nowhere but to go because a God so big living in someone so small as us, it is bound. It was made to overflow. It was made to seep out. Our lives were made to be a living, living testimony, a living epistle that men may read unto the Lord. They will see us and they will see the Lord. We were made to be the salt of the earth. We were made to bring seasoning. We were made to bring flavor. We were made to be a light on the hill. We were made to show the Lord and and his goodness and to preach his goodness, to preach his grace, to preach his power and his mercy and his might to all the world. So as we are Christians, we are made, made and meant to bring and to spread the gospel by just walking around. We were made to be fishers of men. Okay, moving on. 
then what do we see directly after in Matthew? What do we see? We see Jesus healing a great multitude. So Jesus begins his Galilean uh, ministry. And he teaches in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing all kinds of sicknesses, all kinds of diseases among the people. And this happening, it brought his faith, uh, his fame rather, throughout all Syria. And what happens, they brought him all sick people who were afflicted of various diseases and, tor diseases and torment. And those who were demon-possessed, epileptics and paralytics. Um, and he healed them. So... Uh, directly after, we see in, this is uh, Matthew 4, starting with verse 23. Directly after they were called, we see healing. So following Jesus means that healing is present in the life of the believer and around them. To serve and to receive healing. If you recall, you never see, never see any of the disciples um, sick. You never see them lacking in the while in the presence of Jesus. Why is this? Because Jesus was their wholeness. If anything happened, if anything, if they needed anything, Jesus was there to meet that need. And healing is not just that in the physical. Healing, it also pertains to the things of the mental realm, things of the spiritual realm, things of the soul realm. It means that you are whole you are made new again where one thing was was no longer it's restoration where a thing was broken the lord is coming in and he is restoring that thing it's not okay to just be healed within the presence of jesus but jesus comes to make to heal you and make whole to make better than before so being in the presence of jesus you will see healing both in your life but also made to be um to made to be transferred through your life to the life of others again this life is not made to hoard this life and anointing is not made to be receiving and hoard it was made to to receive and to impart you know later when the lord he leaves when Jesus leaves. He says this. He says, "Freely you have been given, freely you receive. So freely you give to the rest of the world, and you heal, and you cast out demons, and you proclaim the goodness of the Lord. You proclaim the gospel to all people, all nature, all, all languages, all natures of people. Um, that is the call. Being a, a disciple, a disciple is a healer." So where you should, where you are going, if you are a disciple of the Lord, if you aren't bringing healing to your atmosphere, to those around you, I I dare ask, are you truly operating in the spirit of God? Because healing should permeate from the life of a believer, and we are also peacemakers, not keepers, makers. We make peace because Jesus, the Prince of Peace, lives inside of us. So as Jesus, the Prince of Peace, lives inside of us, wherever we go, peace comes from our lives. It comes from us and it makes us into the nature of peace. So why is it that I see many Christians who walk around instead of that, Instead of being uh, bringing peace, 
bringing whatever it may be, they cause strife and they are jealous and gossipy. Any of those that are in the life of a believer do not belong because we are called to make peace. And I don't mean fake peace, like let's not ever talk about anything. Let's not ever address anything. That's not peace. There's still strife in the hearts of men. You just aren't talking about it. What I mean is to become all things to all people. When you hurt somebody, go to them and talk to them and and resolve that issue. Peacemakers, when you walk in the room, your, your presence should bring peace. It should not cause people to be nervous in the sense of uh, to walk on eggshells, but to bring peace because the good news walks inside of you. And I know that there will be times that the demons in people will be uncomfortable because of your presence. But at the same time, when people feel too uncomfortable around you all the time, I dare say there's a problem. This um, uh, The Lord actually commanded this in Matthew 10. Verse 13, he says, if your home, if the home is deserving, let your peace rest on it. And if it is not, let your peace return to you. So he's telling us basically to go into a home and to release our peace. And if it's not received, then return, let have it return to you. So we are called to go into our businesses, into our uh, places of work, into our, um, our grocery stores, into our errands, our houses, our friends, our family's houses, and we're called to bring peace to those around us. That is what it's like to be in the presence of Jesus. In the presence of Jesus, there is peace. Okay, moving on, moving on. What else do we see? We see, um, starting with, yeah, starting with Matthew 5, verse 21, he speaks of murder beginning, beginning in the heart, he speaks of things, uh, the Lord is uh, from verse 17 speaking of things um, regarding the law, saying that when you think about something in your heart, when you hate someone, you have murdered, committed a, a murder. When you lust after someone in your heart, this is uh, verse 27, that you have committed adultery. So being with Jesus in the presence of Jesus, you will notice that he will reveal the intentions of your heart and he will draw out those things. He will purge those things from you. So we see being in the presence of the Lord is like oil and water, as I like to say. And as we have this oil, this this uh, slimy, nasty oil in our hearts that don't belong, that when the Lord draws near to us, when we are in the presence of the Lord, when we're in close proximity proximity with the Lord, that he pours his everlasting, his forever water, his beautiful water, pure water, living waters into our being. And it draws out that oil and separates that oil so we are able to scoop that thing out or he is able to scoop that thing out. Or that oil and that nastiness in our life begins to be examined and it pinpointed with pinpoint accuracy. It is exam we examine ourselves. The Lord examines our hearts. He is the tester and examine of our hearts. And we know that God He does that. And the things in us that don't belong will then begin to be pulled out of our lives. We will see that also um, in this 
category, we see that the Lord shows where our loyalties and allegiances lie. And we see this, again, going back to verse... Um, Going back to verse uh, to chapter ten. Going back to chapter was it chapter ten? Rather, I think it was chapter nine actually. Yeah, chapter nine. This is um going on chapter. Ooh, excuse me. Uh, chapter eight. Okay, so chapter eight, we see this when the man came to Jesus and said, "Oh, let me bury my father," and he says, "Let the dead bury the dead." Just follow me. We see this time and time again in, in the uh, the Gospels when the Lord says, drop everything, sell your things to the poor, follow me. We see this when the man comes to Jesus uh, bragging about fulfilling all the commandments, which was in a sense he, he had that self-righteous spirit. And he was saying, oh, I followed all the commandments since I was a kid. And the Lord, what does he tell him? He tells him, drop everything you have, sell it or give it all to the poor. And follow me. Take up your cross and follow me. And what is that? What did that do? That was the Lord showing his a true allegiances of his heart and his true intentions and his true um, standpoints of his heart, the deep parts of his heart. Being with the Lord, oftentimes you will see that he will reveal things in your heart that toxicities, leech things that are leeching. Um, leeches, basically pests or parasites in your life that are sucking the life from your life. They're sucking um, the ability to live a fuller life. And he will take those things and he will pinpoint them to you and he will reveal them and he will say, deal with this. Deal with this. This is what happens when you're in the presence of the Lord. So... Yeah, so then we move on and we see throughout the Lord throughout the many times of the Lord, um his disciples have been giving mandated have been mandated to um heal, to cast out demons on the behalf of the Lord. And we see this because we see that they were unable to do so uh while the Lord was being he was on the mountain a transfiguration, I believe. As he walks down, right away, he sees that the um, some of the, what's it called, some of the disciples were unable to do their job. Um, and that's, but that's a sign that they were given the authority and the same measure to do what Jesus had been able to do. Even though they weren't able to do it, they were told and expected to be able to do that thing. So what is that? mean in our behalf as we walk with jesus as we are in close proximity as we are in the presence of jesus he begins to mold us and to shape us to be like him because now he lives inside of us so now he expects us to do the things that he did the things that he will do he expects us to represent him and to be like him so as we learn him more learn of the lord more he transforms us transforms us to be like him and we become like Jesus with the father we do what he does we say what he does we we um we walk as he walks we see as he sees we hear as he hears um we begin to look like the lord and as we do this as we begin to look like him he begins to expect us he begins to expect us to operate as he is 
and no longer are we in a place of being a baby, being a place of, of, of being babyish and feeding off of milk, but then we move into the land of meat, and we move into the land of the greater, and through the greater, we see our calling is to spread that good news of Christ to others as we have been transformed to look more like Jesus. We are called to transform those around us to make them or to to get the Lord out to make them look like the Lord as well, to make them become like the Lord as well, to make their souls be aligned with the Lord as well. We are called, that's what it's called Oh, that's what it means to be a fisherman. That's what it means to be a light. That's what it means to be a disciple. Okay. And uh, in order to save time a little bit, let's go ahead and um, skip to for a little bit to Psalms 16 verse 11. I felt led to do this today. In this Psalm, what does it say? Let's go ahead and turn to Psalms 16 11. Psalms 16 11 all right psalm 1611 yeah so psalm 1611 um the lord in this the psalmist says you will show me the path of life in your presence is fullness of joy and at your right hand are pleasures forevermore so being in the presence of the lord being and walking with the lord we see that the lord starts to show us pathways. He starts to direct us. He starts to show us what is of him, what tree is of him and what tree is of the devil. He start we start to see and be able to discern through his direction which way brings life and which way brings death. Because if you remember, the Lord is Jesus is the way. He is the way, he is the truth and he is the life. So that being with that being, he is the route in which we must take. When the Lord spoke of the narrow way, he is the narrow way. That pathway is Jesus. So walking in him, the reason why it's narrow is because literally there is one way. This there, this isn't that religion that believes. This isn't universalism. We aren't a, a religion that believes that every single way leads to God. No, 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 no. Christianity only lives in one thing, and it is Jesus, the presence of Jesus, and everything he has done on this earth. And if your religion does not point to anything Jesus has done, or has said, or is, or as him as the deity that had come to earth, has died and been resurrected, and now lives on high, if it doesn't believe he is the son of God, you are not the same as us. You are on that wide road. And this narrow road is the only one that leads to life. Who else can say, come to me all who are heavy laden and I will give you rest? Who else said that? None of the, the other preachers, none of the other religions or priests or um, gurus or rabbis, none of them else can say that because the God that lives and resides in the Christian is the only way. To the Father. Like Jesus said, if you don't, if you see Jesus, you have seen the Father. If you know Jesus, you have known the Father. So any other uh, representation, any other representation that does not have Jesus is not of the Father. Let me get that clear. It's not of the Father. 
So being in the presence of Jesus exposes, it exposes life and true life and exposes what death is. Uh, then we move on. It says, you will fill me with the joy of your presence. In the presence of the Lord, there is joy because his presence becomes everything to us. As we walk on this earth, we now begin to see that everything on this earth no longer has any meaning compared to the Lord. We see that uh, as we walk in heaven, if you think about walking in heaven, the streets of gold mean nothing. The diamonds, the jasper, the rubies, the onyx, the gold, everything means nothing compared to the love of Christ, compared to the joy of being with Christ. Because we see that Christ is our everything, and we see that nothing compares to what's in Him. And Everything else just becomes a material that can be remade, that can be thrown away, that can be just, it's pointless. It's pointless. They aren't eternal things. They aren't eternal things. They are um, temporary. And so then the joy of his presence becomes our everything. That's what makes heaven beautiful is the presence of the Lord. And this goes on and says with eternal pleasures at your right hand. See, we see that there will be eternal pleasures in the Lord, not just pleasures that are temporary, not our worldly materialistic pleasures, but pleasures, pleasures that only belong in Him. The joy of getting souls to Him, the joy of being with Him everlasting, the joy of getting to know Him and communing with Him. While I'm at that, okay, another thing about the disciples walking with Jesus, you learn that as a disciple walking with Jesus, what's another uh, characteristic about being in the presence of Jesus? They were able to commune constantly, commune constantly, and sup with Lord, the Lord. So as they were, they were able to be, to like, the, like uh, we saw the Last Supper, they were able to, to break bread with him. They were able to commune, talk to him, to ask questions. There's a two-part in this one. This is two points. The first point is they were able to be close and commune with him. As Christians, as believers, when you're in the presence of God, you are able to commune with Jesus. No longer is it that we cry out and we don't hear an answer, but now it's we cry out and the Lord speaks. And this moves us into part two. This is the, another point. In the presence of the Lord, there is always an answer. He is the answer. He is the answer. Because again, going back to it, he is the way, the truth, and the life. And because he is the way, in any situation when you are lost or you are confused, he is the answer to our situation. He's the answer. Whenever we are foggy in our spirit, we don't know what's going on. Just when you get to close proximity with the Lord, you will trust and have faith in him that he is the answer and he is that answer. He is that solution. When we spend time in his manifest presence, when we spend time loving on him, when we spend time in his in his um and commune and sup with him, he gives us answers and remedies and solutions to the things we need in life. His Bible, his word is the answer. No matter where you go, he is the answer. Why? Because he's the living word of God. And we have the Holy Spirit living in us, who is the great teacher who will bring to you all knowledge of all truth. And then we have the Father who is the creator. So even if you don't have an answer, even if it seems like your your um your routes are blocked, 
your way is out, the Lord can, the Father will create a way for you. He will create a way out of nothing. He calls those that he calls those things that be not as if they were. He is the creator, the one who made the galaxies, the one who made the oceans, the one who made everything. He is easily, easily going to make a way for you. We have an answer, and that is in Jesus. He is the answer. Um, uh, <laughs> we see time is coming. Time is coming. Um, to an end on this podcast, I have too much to say. I may be ha- be able to go ahead and uh, extend this to next week, but for now, that is all I have. Um, let me go ahead and pray over you, Holy Spirit. I thank you that you are revealing the presence of Jesus to us today. I thank you that you have taught us today. I thank you that you have led us today. I thank you that you are molding our hearts to be like yours. I thank you you are molding our lives to look like you. And I thank you for any opportunity, Lord. There are some who are not saved among us. And I ask you, Lord, to tickle their hearts, to pull their hearts, to be close to you, to know you, to become one with them. Because... There is no more beautiful thing in this world than knowing and walking with Jesus, walking with the Father, walking with the one who created everything. So I urge you, those who don't know the Lord right now, just ask the Lord to come into your heart. Ask Him to become the Lord. Ask Jesus to come become the Lord of your life. Ask Him. Ask Him, and He will reveal Himself to you in a tangible, mighty way in your life. Um... All you have to do is admit, repent, and admit that he is your that you are a sinner that you have sinned. Ask him to to rid you of those sins, to to forgive you of those sins, to come in and be the Lord of your life, and he will do so in a tangible way. This life is not just about saying a prayer. But it's about spreading the love of Christ. It's about knowing the love of Christ. And it's about abiding in that love. To seeing His beauty. The beauty of the Father. The beauty of the Son. And we just bask in that beauty while walking in this life. That's what Christianity is about. That's what the being a believer is about. It's not about just saying a prayer. Going to church. It's more than that. It's a relationship. So, as I lead off today... Um, if you feel led to be, uh, um, become, or ask the Lord into your life, become a Christian, become saved, uh, you may uh, message me privately. I have many uh, areas to do that. I have a Where the Light Is podcast, our ministries, um, Twitter. You can go ahead and check that out. I also have a Instagram. You can DM me over there. That's WTLIPod. You have that. Um, as usual, it is giving time, giving time. The ends of these podcasts means giving time. Are you excited? Well, as usual, you are able to support on a monthly basis uh, as the Lord uh, deems fit, as the Lord leads you. Um, there's a monthly monthly um, way to do so, and it's at anchor.fm slash where the light is slash support. If you go on my anchor page, there's a little button as well that says support. You can do so monthly. Um, this helps keep my uh, ministry alive. It helps keep this ministry alive. And it helps keep the messages coming to you. And it helps keep um, 
everything paid for, everything uh, flowing. So you could do that or on my YouTube page, there is another link in the description for a PayPal. And that way you can donate any seed of any amount for a one time or recurring. Um, you could do so at that that um, that link as well. Uh, I pray that as you sow, your seed is taken and it's blessed and you are able to continu continuously sow. And the uh, sower always will have seed as you sow. I pray I pray blessings over your life. I pray um divine divine appointments overtake you right now. Divine appointments and agendas will come and waltz into your life. I thank you for listening. I thank you for supporting. I thank you for everything you're doing. And I hope you guys have a beautiful week. I hope you guys have a wonderful wonderful beautiful week. And I will see you guys next time with the continuation of this word. Bye.